Late last week, we saw a news story coming out of Paris, in France, which was particularly gruesome. A, a junior high school teacher named Samuel Paty was leaving school on Friday afternoon in a district in the northwest section of Paris. And he was attacked and beheaded by what appears to have been a student of his, a Chechen national who had been, uh, I guess, in the country for, for some time. Somebody who was not, I believe, on the radar of the French security services. This attack appears to have been stimulated by the teacher's decision to talk about the infamous Muhammad cartoon. This, of course, is a bunch of satirical drawings published by Shadi Hebdo, a, a French weekly, a satirical weekly. It, of course, was attacked uh, back in 2015, I believe, by Islamist extremists who killed several people in the newspaper in retribution for what they called an insult to Islam. Uh, a lot has been happening since this killing in Paris. Police have arrested at least 15 people, four of whom are students from the same school that the killer came from. A mosque just outside of Paris was shut down because it, the French authorities claimed it incited hatred of the teacher. There is reporting that France is going to expel 231 foreigners who are on a watch list for suspected extremist religious beliefs, etc., etc., etc. Interestingly, the 18-year-old Chechen, who himself was killed by police, by the way, after he beheaded the teacher, posted what the CBC says was a grisly claim of responsibility on social media in the minutes after the attack. What do we do about this? I, you know, beheading has to be one of the cruelest ways of dispatching someone, of killing someone. I can't imagine being on the receiving end of someone sawing your head off. It is a particular frequent modus operandi of Islamist extremist groups. Of course, Islamic State used it with great fervor. They would, uh, they would televise, they would record their beheadings of people and share the recordings online to terrorize us. Chechen terrorists have beheaded people. Al-Shabaab has beheaded people in, in Somalia. And the list goes on and on and on. This crime really has shocked many people around the world. There have been demonstrations in France in support of freedom of expression. The French notion of laïcité, which is sort of secularism, the division of church and state that dates back from the early 20th century. And I think that this particular heinous act of, of violence there are a few elements to it that I'd like to comment on. First and foremost, it seems like the student, the Chechen student, who carried out this despicable act of violence against a teacher, may have received some support from his family. I believe his father protested the teacher's decision to talk about the Mohammedan cartoons. The father could very well be an Islamist extremist himself. Certainly in my time at CSIS, the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, the role of family in radicalizing children was important. Think of the Cotter family, Omar, infamous Omar Cotter and Ahmed Sai Cotter, his father, raised his kids in an Al-Qaeda camp. I mean, how much more radical can you get? In addition to being a bad parent, he was also a terrorist. It's really important, I think, to acknowledge that there simply are families where Islamist extremist ideas and ideology is the equivalent of 
what we do with our kids, we bring them bedtime stories. These kids are raised in an environment where the only reasonable expectation of what will happen to them is they too will become Islamist extremists. Why the state does not intervene and take these kids away? I have no idea. Because it certainly meets the definition of an unfit parent in my mind. We take away kids who are being sexually and physically abused by their parents. So we can't take away kids who are being radicalized to violence by their parents? Yeah, go figure. The second thing is that it's interesting. I came across an article in uh, Voice of America by a French education official named Jean-Pierre Aubin, who says he's been seeing this, what he calls the Islamization of French schools uh, for decades. Quote uh, from the Journal du Dimanche, uh, obviously in English, uh, I am horrified, I feel both sadness and the anger of someone who saw this coming from afar. He says for over a decade and a half, French schools have been in denial and officials have been closing their eyes instead of facing reality. In fact, he's published a book entitled, How Did We Let Islamism Penetrate Schools? France occupies a particularly, I would assume, unwanted position when it comes to Islamist extremism in the West. With the possible exception of the United Kingdom, France probably has the highest percentage of jihadis in their midst. They certainly have one of the highest prison populations of people who've been incarcerated for either committing acts of terrorism or a conspiracy to commit terrorism. This is a country that, of course, prides itself on secularism, laïcité, and yet has been dealing with this problem of Islamist extremism for decades. I remember visiting Paris to meet with the security services on several occasions when I worked for the Canadian Security Intelligence Service. And my heart went out to them. I, 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 I can't imagine what it must be like when you've got 18,000 people on your list. 18,000. We didn't have even 1% of that at CSIS at any given time in terms of investigations of Canadians who are expressing ideologies consistent with Islamist extremism. They had 100 times more. I think this points to a, a real problem in France. President Macron has come out quite strongly in the past couple of days about making a real change to the education system deporting more Islamist extremists to their home countries, which of course would raise a huge hue and cry here in Canada. How dare you deport somebody to Morocco or Algeria where they may face torture? The French don't care. We used to joke that the French would deport you and your mother and your father and your cousin and the person you once talked to in a cafeteria and your baker and your butcher and the candlestick maker. They would just put the lot of you on a plane and say, piss off, you're not French, you don't, you don't belong here. I'd be interesting to watch this story going forward what it means for France, what it means for the West. It was a particularly gruesome crime, as I mentioned, in beheading. There, there can't be many more worse ways to die than being beheaded. We'll see where it goes. We'll see how far the French president wants to go with this one. It's getting a lot of attention, not just because of the gruesome nature of the crime, but because of the challenges to freedom of expression. If we, if, if we are unable to talk about controversial topics, and let's agree that the publication by Charlie Hebdo even though it's protected in a secular state under freedom of expression, it's still a controversial issue, and it's going to raise emotions. It's going to raise anger. We cannot allow our societies to become those where these issues cannot be discussed and cannot be debated. The price for raising controversy should not be beheading. It should be debate. It should be argumentation. It should be presentation of facts. I guess my last comment on this is that Extreme sadness that a, an educator died so horribly 
for just doing his job. And again, we'll see what France does with this, whether the story just dies out as many other stories die out in this 24-7 news cycle, France has suffered many mass casualty attacks. The Stade de Paris, the bars back in 2015, other attacks. Maybe this one's different, maybe it's not. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe.